Welcome to the hearth of Sapbush Hollow, chronicles and lessons from a life tied to family, community, and the land. I'm Shannon Hayes, and I operate Sapbush Hollow Farm with three generations of my family in the northern Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. I'm the chef owner of Sapbush Cafe, a farm-to-table and neighbor-to-neighbor experience open Saturdays in our tiny hamlet of West Fulton, and I'm also the author of a few books, including Radical Homemakers, The Grass-Fed Gourmet, and forthcoming Redefining Rich, Achieving True Wealth with Small Business, Side Hustles, and Smart Living, due out from Ben Bella Books in August 2021. This podcast is the audio version of my blog, which can be found at sapbush.com or theradicalhomemaker.net. My house is a wreck. My email box is flooded. My to-do list is out of control. My feet are tired. It must be August. Have we become prisoners of the life we dreaded, or have we chosen this? Bob doesn't have an answer for me. We're headed out to one of the holding ponds, our morning coffee in our backpack. We're puzzling through the day ahead of us as the sun breaks through the forest. We have to clean all the freezers so we can make room for this final batch of chickens. There's a bushel of tomatoes on the cooktop simmering into sauce that needs canning, Bacon needs slicing and wrapping. The chicken customers need to be notified to come pick up birds early. A text from Dave at the Muzan house in Saratoga came in. He needs another delivery of meat. Barber's needs an egg delivery. I still haven't updated the inventory from last week's chicken harvest. The items on today's to-do list are already impossible, and day is only breaking. We've officially lost Kate as our herd manager, which means we've also lost our official days off. Rest days are staggered, all three kids get Sundays to themselves, and then Saoirse and Dula get Mondays, Corey gets Friday, and Bob and I get, well, nothing. When the kids were little, we worked hard all week, then came home from the farmer's market Saturday afternoon and sipped martinis and roasted a chicken. When the cafe started, the routine continued until we added nights. But then Sundays became spectacular. Long walks, morning perusals of the newspaper while eating pancakes, followed by a nap. With the afternoon came the much-needed house-cleaning, a time I used to restore my spirit and find my center. And then, to celebrate renewed balance, the day culminated in Sunday dinner with Mom and Dad. Now that's gone, too. Bob and I spend Sundays down at the farm. 
With Kate gone, many parts of this job are new all over again. I want to withdraw, plan exactly how to execute each maneuver, and then step forward to manage this business with precision and calm. But no sooner do I make a plan than something else drops onto my plate that I forgot or didn't see before. And it's August, for crying out loud, the height of canning, freezing, feed bills, and chaos, and mouths to feed. There are always mouths to feed, staying ahead of the hunger of three teenagers who are on their feet all day, hoisting buckets, hauling water, and moving boxes is a marathon unto itself. I was hopeful when Bob and I chose this life that we could outsmart the nonstop work. I was determined that there could be a day of rest in each week to restore body, mind, spirit, and home. Non-stop work has driven many farm descendants off the land and into 40-hour jobs. I wanted to prove that it didn't have to be this way. But the only way to keep up right now, this year, is to keep going, pushing the unfinished work off to the next day and the next and the next until Sunday comes and Sunday goes and no day of reflection and celebration has punctuated the week and prepared our spirits to embrace another Monday. I want to coax order from this mess, but I'm relearning my job once again and I have to float on the sea of chaos until I can identify a way to create organization. The only option for this day is to keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. We make it to the end of the day and the meats are miraculously reboxed and sorted and we all drive out to the back pasture to load up the final batch of chickens. We've decided to end the poultry season early, hoping to reduce farm demands for September so that the kids can focus on school. We form a parade as we head out back. Dad on the tractor, Ula on a mountain bike, Corey in the mule with his feed buckets, Mom and me in the pickup truck, Bob with a car to contain dogs. We shuttle the chickens together, then load them into boxes and the boxes onto the tractor. Between loads, I slip over to rest my aching feet and perch on the field stones in the hedgerow and listen to the crickets, focusing on their pulsating chirps. They remind me that, even in this chaos, There is always rhythm and season. And in rhythm and season, I find faith. Faith that the tomato sauce will make its way into jars, that there will be room enough in the freezers, that the bacon will get sliced, that the meals will get cooked, and that the day will come before long when I can wake from a long nap, file away the mail, wipe the dust from my furniture, wash down my counters, and relish the deep breath that comes when a home is once again calm. But not today. Once the chickens are boxed, Sersha needs help finishing packing the orders. By the time we make it home, it's 8 p.m. As a family, we work to clean the kitchen and make a hackneyed meal. Mashed potatoes, ground beef sautéed with summer squash, garlic, and onions. We push aside the mail, egg boxes, thermoses, yellowing cucumbers, face masks, ripening peaches, canning jars, water bottles, and all other withering detritus until we find just enough space to set down our plates and eat. We quietly shovel food into our mouths as we try to ignore the soreness in our bodies. I hate to eat like this. Without ceremony, without placement, 
without presentation. And yet in this moment, I'm grateful for the work that makes me fall into bed too tired to worry, for the food on my plate, for the people who share these labors, for the renewed faith that what must get done will get done, for the optimism that winter will come, and with it a long rest, a clean house, and a clear mind that lets us vision how we are going to do this all better next year. And I have the answer to my question that started the day. We've chosen this, and we will choose it again, and again, and again. podcast happens with the support of my patrons on Patreon, and this week I'd like to send a shout out to my patrons Tanya Palmer and Karen Sheila. Thank you folks, I couldn't do it without you. Some of you may have noticed that the old episodes of the Hearth of Sepish Hollow are slowly disappearing from public access. They are not gone, they're just moving over to my Patreon page. If you'd like to help support my work for as little as a dollar a month, you can have access to all the archives anytime you want. Yay! Just hop over to Patreon and look up Shannon Hayes. For those of you who've been following straight along, you've learned that Sapbush Hollow Farm, like so many small livestock farms across the nation, has lost access to our federally inspected slaughterhouses due to COVID-related upheaval. If you're one of our customers, please consider purchasing a meat share using our new CSA-style system so that we can continue to process your meat for you. The cuts will be the same and the food will be just as safe and healthful. It's just the terms of our relationship have to change, where instead of being a customer, you become more of a shareholder. For steeper discounts, you can buy your shares up front. You can learn more about CSA shares at sapwishfarmstore.com. Sapwish Hollow Farm is far from alone in this. In the midst of a food crisis, small farmers are being barred from the legal means to bring their products to market. We need your help. Judith McGeary from Farm and Ranch Freedom Alliance tells me that the Prime Act S1620, S1620, write that down, is soon going before the Senate. Soon, honestly, I promise. It would allow the in-state sale of small farmers' meat processed at state-inspected custom slaughterhouses. Basically, it would enable local food processing for local food. Makes sense, right? And yet, there's a powerful lobby against it claiming that meat processed at state-inspected slaughterhouses would be unsafe. But every major meat-related foodborne illness has taken place in a USDA facility. What our legislators need help understanding is that safety is a function of animal units overwhelming the system. If you're pushing 20,000 hogs through a USDA meatpacking house in a day, <laughs> then yeah, you need some federal oversight. And even that, as history has shown us, is not going to correct the problem. The system is incredibly dangerous for the workers, as we've seen with the COVID outbreaks, and the odds of contamination are just too high. But these custom slaughterhouses, the state-inspected ones, are operating for the small farmers. They process animals for one farmer at a time, and they're moving through maybe 6 to 20 animals in a day. That means it is not a stressed system. Problems can be stopped before they even start. 
This is a small form centric bill. It is not democratic. It is not Republican. It is small farmocratic. So please, if you like to eat and you haven't already done so, take a minute to call your senator and urge them to sign on to S1620, the Prime Act, to empower the small farmers of this country to save us from another round of food shortages. Once you've done that, please reach out to your congressional representative in the House and ask them to support HR 2859. That's HR 2859. New York folks, listen up. We really need your help. You need to get a hold of Senator Schumer. Your voice is particularly important in this effort because of Senator Schumer's position as Senate Minority Leader. It is vital that he hear from as many New York residents as possible. Also, please make the time to call, not just write. Judith McGeary from Farm and Ranch Freedom says that's where the messages literally get heard. And for those of you who've written to tell me you reached out, thank you. Here are some bells from Whistles of Gratitude. Even if the Prime Act fails, I have a special favor to ask those of you who buy from local farmers. Keep supporting us. We have to change the structure of our businesses and marketing dramatically, and many of us will have to ask you to change with us. We need you to be forgiving, compassionate, and adaptable as we work through these hard times. If you can stick by us through this, it will be a great big win for local food. For some good news, our COVID-19 infection rates continue to hold stable here in New York State, and Schoharie County has one of the lowest infection rates in the entire area. So the cafe remains open, but now, for my peace of mind, for outdoor dining and takeout only. You can find us Saturdays from 9 to 1 for breakfast and lunch, and 5 to 8 for dinner. That said, dinner is just a mom-and-pop show with Bob and me, so we are accepting no more than 8 guests during the entire shift. This is the magic number where we can balance solvency, safety, service, and our personal sanity. So please email me at shannon at sapbush.com if you want to make a reservation. And for goodness sake, wear your masks. And you know fall must be right around the corner because our blankets have come back from the mill. Each year we send our fleeces to Prince Edward Island where they are woven into the softest wool blankets you've ever felt. They are beautiful, machine washable, and they'll last for generations. We also have our wool processed into organic comforters and pillows. Wool bedding is naturally fire retardant and it enables your skin to breathe easier and helps your body to thermoregulate better than with down or synthetics. We can ship our wool bedding anywhere, so scroll on over to sapbushfarmstore.com and check it out. And now to my fellow farmers, again, Thanks for listening, and thanks for the work you're doing. We are navigating through a lot of instability as a nation. Now, more than ever, we need each other to be there and to hold strong. We are weaving a new food system. We're trying to sow peace and sustenance amidst pain, loss, hatred, and confusion. We can get through this. We can come through this period with a healthier planet, a healthier food system, and with greater justice and kindness but we need as many people at the table as possible to make it work. So please remember that you cannot execute your calling if you aren't well. Take care of yourselves. The work we can do to build health and restore community is endless. But we can only do what the day allows. 
please be kind to each other, then get some rest so you can keep going strong tomorrow. The work will always be there another day. This was produced and edited by the sexiest man alive, my husband Bob Hooper, and the great music we're listening to comes to us from memory. Thanks for listening and have a great week.